Hey, it's no, Tuesday. It's not Tuesday. It's Thursday. Jeez. Thank, oh, my God. Imagine if it was Tuesday. When it was Tuesday, which was, uh, well, I guess two days ago. Uh, if I'm doing the math properly, let me look at the calendar here. Thursday, yeah, minus two. That's, yep, that's Tuesday. It was two days ago. Uh, I'm glad it's not Tuesday. I'm glad it's Thursday. Because uh, we're, if it's, two, it's Thursday morning, we're a few hours away from uh, the, the pre-kend. Uh, uh, we're a few hours away from... Uh, we're going to take a nice little train ride up in the mountains. A uh, little dinner tra- dinner tra- Cafe Lafayette. Uh, dinner train thing. Uh, the first time I'm trying to remember the first time that we went up to that the Lincoln, I guess, is the uh, Woodstock, New Hampshire, whatever it is. It's the exit that has the ice castles. It's the exit that people get off uh, in uh, this month in particular. Very very busy uh, in the fall. People get off to see the fall colors because that's the exit that uh, leads you to the uh, the Kankamegas Highway, the Kank. Uh, which is, uh, yeah, we've, we've driven on that. We've taken some fall drives on the Kank. It's, it is, it's very, very nice. It's very lovely. It's, you know, you get out there and it's like, okay, well, Adirondacks are better, but, but who's keeping score? It's fucking their mountains and leaves. It's all the same. Anyway, uh, and last Saturday, uh, I took a drive to the, uh, to the Taffy store, uh, out in, uh, where the hell is it? Is it is Pepperell, I guess? Pepperell, Massachusetts. Only it's like fifteen minutes, maybe twenty minutes tops from here. Uh because they had some they had the taffy that I wanted and my my local uh taffy person, taffy place, if you will, uh that's only a few minutes away. Or or sometimes is a half hour, as you heard on, on recent podcasts where I was yelling and screaming on a Friday night. Uh because we were all at a standstill. Uh, speaking of standstills, so let's see. Uh, about a week ago, we went to the hockey game, uh, the preseason Bruins game, which I believe I have. I have so many podcasts I have yet to post, and I think I talked about that on a on a podcast. I did. Yeah, I was driving home from work or something the other day, or driving to. I don't even remember. Oh, but anyways. And the traffic was horrendous. You know, the wedding getting out, we waited 45 minutes in the, in the friggin' parking garage. And then we got another hour in the tunnel on a Saturday night at like 11 o'clock. It's like, oh, my God. You know, that's, and that's Boston for you. You can't avoid traffic ever. There's no secret strategy. There really isn't. And, and that, I think that was the most frustrating thing when we first moved here is I couldn't Every place I've ever lived ever, I could sort of figure out like the best times to leave for work, the best times to come home for work, various uh, experimentation, and then, you know, figuring out the the best way to get to work. You know, when I go to the the office uh, on this current assignment that I'm on, that's uh, that ends in exactly one month. Well, yeah, a month, four weeks from tomorrow. uh, I take back roads because it's nice it's pretty it's a nice fall drive this time of year lots of leaves and all that colors and everything uh and if i wanted to i could take the highway and save uh, 10 minutes but i know the back roads and it takes maybe five to ten minutes longer to go that way but it's nice and i know i'm not gonna get any highway nonsense 
I'm on the highway for maybe five five minutes of that whole drive. So, if even that. <sighs> Boston, though, in, in New York, in Florida, and everywhere I've I figured out like, okay, here's the best time to go. Here's the best way to go. I had all I had many different routes to get to. And there's lots of different ways to get from here to Boston and back. And I've taken them all because there's, you know, it's just crazy. Uh, sometimes you think you're taking the long way, but you're really not because the highways are so backed up that that's the only way to go. Uh, coming home from the hockey game was a nightmare. And then coming home from Tuesday night, we went to the opening uh opening game of the Celtics the first of the first regular season NBA game of the entire season Celtics 76ers in Boston they had a nice tribute to uh Bill Russell who of course passed away a few months ago over the summer at the age of 88 and the tribute was really really moving (laughs) I didn't expect to be you know, I, I don't have other than my appreciation for Bill Russell as a, you know, as an NBA legend, and you know, for a lot of the work that he did, you know, for for social equality and civil rights and all that stuff, you know, just incredible. But I, I even I, I don't know the the extent. I really don't. And I learned a lot more, you know, watching these tributes to Bill Russell. It was just, it was so nice. It was so moving. The game was awesome. The Celtics won. Uh, we'll talk about that in a sec, but <sighs> coming home, oh my God, what a nightmare. It really, it really has just, it's just gotten worse. Like, I may have mentioned once or twice or a million times that I, I spent several years commuting in and out of Boston, <sighs> and it was usually really shitty. But you kind of get used to it, and you kind of, like I said, it it was never easy to just like figure out the patterns, because once I thought I had it down, it I was wrong. It would change, because after you know, I don't know, six months, you get to a you realize okay, I could leave leave at four o'clock, leave the office at four o'clock, which meant you know. 15 minutes of <laughs> waiting for an ele- <laughs> waiting for an elevator that everybody and their mother was trying to get on at the same time. Yes, there were six elevators to choose from, but they weren't all. I think some of those were making special stops for people way way up on the top floor and then having an express trip to the to the ground floor. But anyway, uh the time that it took to wait for an elevator and then leave the walk through the lobby, get out of the building, walk a few blocks to my parking garage, get on the elevator at the parking garage to go down to where I parked my car and uh and then drive out of there and then to, anyway, by the usually by the time I got my car out of the garage, it was almost 4:30. But on a Monday and Tuesday, Oh, look at this kitty cat. You're so sweet. Oh, my gosh. I'm interrupting this podcast to pet Toby because he's such a sweet kitty. Oh, my God. I've this. He's so soft. You're so soft. Yeah. Sometimes he purrs and sometimes he doesn't. He knows when to purr. When he wants food. I've never heard a cat purr louder than this one. And he's your best pal. (laughs) 
rubbing up against you. He's all snuggly. But aren't we all when we want something? We're all Toby. We're so nice when we want something, when we need something from someone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, da, 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 da. Ba, da, ba, ba. Yeah, um, I just had to look at something. Anyway, yes, Monday and Tuesday I could leave, left the office around 4, got to the car, got on the road, and you know, but I was still... A lot of times I was home by, there were times on Monday and Tuesday where I was home by like 5.15, 5.30. Any, any day that I got home, bef- that I left the office at 4 and got home before 6 o'clock, I considered like, that's a huge win. Now, getting home at that time, being able to leave at 4 o'clock, of course, required me to be up at 4 o'clock in the morning on the other end. <laughs> Uh, on the other end of the sun's journey, I would have to be up at, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think I, I set my alarm for like 4.15, 4.30. I don't, I don't quite recall, but it was in the fours and then get up and shower and blah, blah, blah. And so in order to, you know, I'd leave, I'd leave by, gosh, 5.30, 5.45 at the latest, I think, and yeah, I think I was usually out the door by 5.30. I gave myself an hour and a half. And I was usually in the office between 6.45 and 7.15 at the latest, depending on traffic and stuff. And then there were days where you'd just sit there because there's a little tiny bit of rain. And so now you're going to be stuck for an extra hour. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, in order to get myself out of there at four o'clock i was there at you know seven to four hour of lunch you get your eight hours and uh yeah i had it like okay monday and tuesday i'm gonna get home at a pretty reasonable hour it's not gonna be crazy crazy traffic wednesday could go either way maybe i'll get home at a reasonable time maybe not thursday was crappy it's it was pretty busy it just there's no real strategy. You're just gonna leave, and you're just gonna be stuck in traffic on Thursday. And then Friday is just a complete nightmare. Friday, the Friday morning commute is the best commute of the week. Yeah, Friday morning you could leave, and you and just because everybody's either working from home or they're leaving late to get to work, whatever, whatever the whatever it is. It was almost always a guarantee. of the Friday morning commute. I mean, after a certain point, you know, if you, if you're, if it's after whatever, 7, 7.30, it's going to be a pretty shitty commute. But when I was, as early as I left, there were times where I would get on the road. I live 40 miles from, 39 miles, I think, from, from where I parked my car in Boston when I would work there. And, eh, Average, I would say, is about 90 minutes. On a on a clear day when you've got nothing, the best, the easiest, fastest commute I ever had was the Friday after Thanksgiving 2018. And I was driving to Dorchester, by the way, which is, uh, you know, a little bit south of Boston. You have to go through, you drive through Boston, and then a few miles south, you get off at the exit, uh, the JFK library exit, whatever. Uh JFK Library, JFK uh, T-Stop on the red line, 
Castle Island, whatever, all that shit. Um, and the Friday after Thanksgiving, it took me 45 minutes. On a good day, it takes 45 minutes. If I have no traffic, it's 45 minutes to get to Boston. So the fact that, ah, shit, hold on, hold on, listen to this before I lose it. And patching up the road in the O'Neill Tunnel, Ted Williams Tunnel, Sumner Tunnel, and the Callahan Tunnel. Most of that work will take place during nighttime hours to avoid traffic disruptions. The news comes during a $160 million repair project inside the Sumner Tunnel, which first welcomed drivers in 1934. Well, happening today, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, mobile sports betting in Massachusetts. Who cares? Um, I wanted you to hear that because it ties into what I'm long-windedly trying to tell you, which is the traffic in Boston is always terrible. Uh, and, and like I said, I, I, I figured like, okay, Monday, Tuesday is not a bad commute home. Wednesday is a wild card. Thursday sucks. And Friday is, you know, death, just the worst, the worst of the worst. Friday sucks because <laughs> it's the opposite of what you want. It's the best commute in the morning to get to work, and it's the worst commute to get home at night. But what I realized was that it was the worst. I mean, it's just a bad, and especially in the summer. Oh, my God. Because what's happening on Friday? Everybody's trying to leave. Everyone wants to go home and start their weekend. Everyone wants to get out to the Cape, get out to the beaches, get up to the mountains, get up to the lake, get on their vacation, whatever. Whatever they're doing it's all happening Friday night after about two o'clock. If you're, if you can, if you could figure out a way to leave the office and, uh, before two, uh, you probably have an okay commute home on a Friday. But uh, it's, but even that, even that, uh, I, my kid used to be in Lego League when they were in kindergarten, and I once left. We'd have our Lego League meetings, I think, every Monday at like 5.30 at the school in this little uh, conference room type place. Oh, you sweet kitty cat. I can't, I can't, you can't walk past this guy and not just sit there and pet him. He's so soft. He's, oh, he's perfect. My perfect gentleman. Anyway, uh. I got to that point where I thought I had the traffic figured out, and then it just blew up. Then that was just not, you know, and then my, I don't know. Construction, more people on the road, more Ubers and Lyfts and things like that. Uh, it's just, it's just, an, it's just a shit show. And then, of course, the pandemic came along. And as you know, if you've been listening for, for several years, in 2020, you could just, you could drive to Boston and back and you could drive around the whole city and not hit any traffic and you could park anywhere because nobody was doing anything and it was fucking, oh my God, it was great. And then summer of 2021 came along and the traffic became worse than it was before. And now I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't go to Boston that often anymore. And it's certainly, I don't go there for work. So I, I don't have a, a grasp of the traffic situation. Hell, I was there on Tuesday, uh, you know, walking around near Faneuil Hall and Haymarket uh, area and all that, you know, on the way to North Station. And I'm like, I looked up, I'm like, where the hell? 
there's a giant, I don't know how many stories tall it is. It's a State Street building. Like, State Street built another building? Holy shit. And, of course, they built it right near North Station uh, <laughs> years after uh, years after I stopped working there. And, and that would have been really nice to be able to just have a very quick five, ten-minute walk from North Station to that office. But anyway, that's just how a life is. <laughs> uh, well, but, you know, when I did work uh, at the other building, uh, which is right near South Station, and I took the bus to South Station, so... Oh, the bus. Anyway, the traffic sucks. I guess the main thing I'm trying to communicate here, uh, what I'm trying to convey to you, is the traffic in Boston is terrible. Uh, Right before the pandemic, I want to say 2019, uh, Boston beat out New York, L.A., D.C., all of the places where you, Miami, all the places that have terrible traffic, wiped wiped the floor with all of them and got... uh, took home the number not just it wasn't just a good time for sports teams winning championships uh it was a great time for boston winning prestigious titles of worst traffic in america and i i knew that for to be a fact i used to tell people like this trap i'm like i i know that new york city is terrible i know they say i've never really i've never been in los i've been in southern california traffic uh like, well, kind of not not Los Angeles per se, but like Anaheim out to like Newport Beach on a on a rush hour. Yeah, been in that traffic. It sucks. Uh, yeah. But I would I would do this bus Boston commute, and I would say to people, I say I I'm sorry. I know that Washington D.C. has horrendous traffic. I know New York City is just always tra- L.A. We all know. I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't believe that any of them are worse than Boston. And if they are, I don't know how anybody can do it because this is like, this is the worst. And then sure enough, the rankings came out and Boston was the number one for the worst traffic. And I was right. I was right. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. So so I haven't been a a Boston commuter in in several years. Uh, 2019. Oh, God damn it. Stop yawning. That sucks. Yeah. Haven't had the, uh, the caffeine. This fucking project has got, I was, I, I, I stopped caffeine cold turkey in 2018. And I was good for all of 2018, all of 2019, all of 2020, pretty much all of 2021. And then these, these goddamn cafe latte shakes because uh, I, I don't do coffee, I do you know the, the shakes, and, and it's not a ton of caffeine. Well, they say it's they say it's like a cup of coffee worth of caffeine, so it probably is a ton of caffeine. I mean, that's a lot. I would go for going from zero to that, and then it used to be I would just have one in the morning, and then I would have one in the morning, and then one shortly after that, and then one <laughs> in the evening when it was taffy time, and then one a little. It just it's like oh great, now I have like four of these a day. Uh, and that ain't cheap either. I gotta, I gotta f- cut this shit out real, real soon, uh, which will be a lot of fun because there's nothing more fun than just stopping caffeine without easing off it. <laughs> without, yeah, yeah, oh god, that's not something I'm looking forward to. Anyway, 
Uh, yeah, so I haven't done the commute in, in quite some time, but I know that it's just shitty. And I watched it, I'm watching their traffic right now with Catherine, Catherine Parada on Boston 25 News. And I'm, oh, they show the map and all the little car accidents and all the red and the orange where it's like really bad traffic and the green is good traffic. And there's not a lot of green. And the green that does exist is way out in the middle of like where is no nobody's out there, no, nobody's driving around out there. Um. So yeah, but the thing that was at least a good guarantee was that if we went to Boston on a weekend or on a week night for some reason, which was rare, but if we did, you knew that you could pretty much just sail home. Because, yeah, it might be a lot of people trying to get out of the arena or out of Fenway or whatever. But once you get in the car, once you get on the road and, yeah, you may be a little slow going uh, initially in the, uh, you know, the Zakem Bridge and the Leverett Connector area and all that shit. But once you get past that, you're just going to, yeah, it's okay. You're just going to sail right home. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, there were a lot of times I would work late and I'd leave the office at like 10 or 11 and I'd be like, hey, at least I get to just fly right home. I get to just zip on back home and I'd get in the car and I'd be zipping along and then that's when they do all the construction. And that's why I played you that news clip because uh, the construction that they're doing, hey, it's great and I hope it all pays off and I hope it all is worth it, but it's everywhere now. And so... The, the last couple of times, you know, when we went to whatever, Paul McCartney is his name I'm trying to think of. We went to him, and then we went to the baseball game uh, last month, and we couldn't take the tunnel. We couldn't take the O'Neill Tunnel. It was blocked off. And I thought, okay. And it wasn't too bad. You just you ran around the seaport, and you got to – and then uh, the, the hockey game was like – that was the tunnel was open hey good and but there was a huge accident so okay parking lot hour sitting uh by the time we got out of traffic would have been the time that we were probably walking in the door if it had been just a normal day and then tuesday night now that was a saturday so there were likely to not be a lot of construction but instead we got a big accident and on a tuesday yeah okay it's it's like 10:30 or 11 or whatever time it was and I said eh, this should be this should be pretty good this should be okay uh <laughs> and I didn't park in the garage I found a I found street parking which was great so instead of paying like 30 bucks for the garage and a, you know a tip for the valet guy or whatever I found a nice you know just a parking meter and the parking meters are free after eight o'clock, and it was you know I was like okay, so I get I put in two hours worth of, and we we were good to go. It was five bucks, six bucks, whatever it was. Uh, so great. And then so when we got back to the car, we got in the car, and I decided you know what I said to myself self, the last few times. That we've tried to get out of this city going the normal way that we are used to going. We haven't had a lot of luck. So, you know what? Let's let's just not go that way. So I went a different way. 
And I went, instead of going through Chinatown and through the tunnel and then on the uh, expressway uh, and the Zakem and all that, instead of all that, I went uh, just through, uh, you know, the Back Bay area uh, and just out to Starro Drive. Okay, Starro Drive, that's easy enough. And and then it goes right to 93, goes right to the expressway, so it'll be good. Yeah, so I'm cruising along, and then I get on Starro Drive, and we're cruising along, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is great. This is perfect. This is what it used to be like. And then all of a sudden, I start seeing goddamn brake lights, <laughs> and I'm so like slammed on the brakes because I don't think anyone expected what was going to happen, which was that all of the entrances to the expressway were they had. They, they just had orange cones in front of it and a big detour sign. And I said, you got to be fucking kidding me. And, of course, there's people, you know, three lanes over on either side who need to be uh, on the opposite of where they are. Uh, so <laughs> so you got to go. So there's people all the way in the left lane who are trying to now get all the way over to the right lane. People in the right lane trying to get... It's it's madness. It's pandemonium. It's chaos. It's crazy. And I'm yelling at I'm just yelling. I'm calling everyone a fat cow. Like fucking Dennis Reynolds. Everything the kids are in the back cracking up because I'm like, you fat cow. And it's just like this little skinny guy. And I'm like, you fuck you, you fat cow. Seize the gap. Uh <laughs> so all the entrances to, to the expressway are closed. And I said, huh, all right, forget it. The expressway north, I should clarify. All the all the entrances to the expressway north. Expressway southbound, wide open. I said, okay, that's easy. That's a no-brainer. I'll get to the stupid expressway heading south, and then it will intersect with the Mass Pike, 90 west. I'll get off, and I'll just go that way. And I'll take the Mass Pike west, and then I'll get on 95 uh, north. <laughs> And then I'll get on three north, and then we'll we'll just sail on home. And so we get in the tunnel, and we're driving around, looping around, and we get on. And then all of a sudden, we get on uh, you know the westbound I ninety west, and then brake lights. <laughs> so fucking many brake lights, and so we just sit there and. Uh, I told the kids, I said, I have never, uh, I've gone this way quite a bit home from work, uh, going, uh, you know, I-90 West and then going, taking this route. And yes, it's been a parking lot and it's been slow, slow traffic. Uh, I have never, I, I said to the kids, I said, I've never sat here for as long as we have sat here, just waiting, just staring, you know, nice Nice view of the skyline, you know. You know, there's Fenway right over there, and there's the House of Blues, and there's the Prudential, and there's eh. and uh, and so now I'm <laughs> now I'm sitting in the car ranting against Michelle Wu, the mayor of Boston, who I actually quite like. I think she's good, uh, but I'm 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 just sitting there. I'm like I'm like fuck you, Michelle Wu. That's you got trains blowing up. You're, you're closing down the Orange Line for a month. You've got construction on every artery. P- 
people, it's the opening night of the Celtics. You couldn't have just fucking cut the construction just for one night and then brought it back tomorrow so we could fucking get out of here. And I'm sitting in the car. I'm like, I hate Boston. I hate the Celtics. <laughs> and the kids are cracking up. I'm like, I don't mean that, but you know. I'm like, I hate you, Michelle Wu. And uh, so I was just, uh, I was like writing out my, I'm like, I'm going to tweet Michelle Wu. I'm going to let her know how I feel. But I'm going to be really sarcastic. So I was like, I, I was drafting up my tweet, you know, ver- verbally drafting up my tweet as we're sitting there. We had nothing else to do. I honestly, honestly, I could have probably written a novel in the time that I had to just sit in my car and do nothing at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> on a Tuesday, which is just you, a Tuesday night. You just expect like, hey, it's late. Everybody's home. We're just going to get on the goddamn highway and we'll get the fuck out of here. Nope. Sorry. Uh, we got home after fucking midnight. Not as late as we got home from the Bruins game, which ended actually, uh, that Bruins game ended earlier than the Celtics game. And the Bruins game ended just before 10. The Celtics game, I think, ended just after 10. And uh, and we still got home, my God, probably uh, at least 30, 40 minutes sooner than we did uh, from the from the from the Bruins game. Anyway, uh so I'm sitting there and I'm 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 you know crafting my tweet out loud and I'm saying dear Michelle Wu, I wouldn't nobody would write dear Mich- dear so and so on a tweet. You don't have you don't have enough characters. That's you're wasting characters. But I will let's just say dear mayor Wu, I just wanted to thank you because ever since you became mayor, I have had so many more opportunities to take in every single detail of this city while I sit in my car in traffic in the middle of the night that does not move. I get to study all of the architecture. I get to study (laughs) all of the people walking by on pedestrian bridges. I get to just take it all in. Thanks to all the construction that you have going on at all hours, even on a Tuesday, even on a season opener for the Celtics Tuesday, you got all the all the highway entrances are closed, and then the one other highway, the the other main highway out of here has one lane because you got construction, and that's what was that? It was just you know the two the, the all all but one lane had cones was blocked off, and. Uh, and then I started yelling because I saw this car coming in the in the lane that was closed off. I'm like, what's this fucking asshole doing? And I was like, hey, hey, you fat cow. And then it had like the sirens and flashing. I'm like, oh, it's the police. Eh. Well, <laughs> I still stand by my comment. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I so I crafted it. Yes, yeah, so, so thank you, Michelle Wu, for keeping all the construction people busy. And making sure that everyone has the opportunity to really sit back and really take in all that Boston has to offer as we were all sitting here going absolutely nowhere in the middle of the night on these highways. And then <laughs> dot, 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 you fat cow. <laughs> and my daughter said, P.S., you fat cow. No, but I and, I and I I said to the kids, I said I don't know if you guys have know anything about Michelle Wu. I said she's she's quite thin. <laughs> she's very slender. She is very you know very skinny. I probably in great shape, 
and I am a fat fucking fat ass sitting here calling her a fat cow. Uh, but I was so, I was so frustrated and I had a headache. I'm just like about 20 minutes after the game started, I just like, I just started getting a headache and was like, Oh damn it. So I just sat there like rubbing the back of my neck the whole time and just trying to, trying to not have a headache. And it did go away for a little while. And, but then, you know, then as we're back on the road, you know, leaving and it's just like, Oh God. And so we slowly went through, and we got home, yeah, after midnight. Again, game ended at about 10, and we got home at midnight. And even we walked to government center because I just, you know, the Bruins game, we got right on the tee right at North Station, which is right underneath the arena, Uh, and that was easy, and I said, I don't think we're going to be so lucky because that was like half the capacity of this sellout crowd for the opening uh, basketball game. So so we and it was a beautiful night. I said, well, just walk a little bit. So we walked up through whatever, Causeway Street, or I don't don't remember which one we were on, but uh, and then government center, like, yeah, we'll just cut through government center and we'll get right to the T- uh, stop and then we try and then there's all this fencing around government center with all this construction. it's like everywhere you go is construction and i know that's a good thing because boston desperately needs a lot of stuff to have you know obviously the, the the train system you got trains on fire over the summer people jumping into the jumping off the bridge from the orange line because they don't want to you know burn alive and they shut it down for a month to try and fix it's so fucking inconvenient, but you hope that on the other side of it is like, okay, well, then we'll have like good stuff happening and uh, the, the roads will be better, the tunnels will be better, the tra- but, but boy, it's just, and I get it. Hey, she's doing shit. And maybe, you know, I yell at her and say, you know, when Marty Walsh was mayor, we didn't have all this construction happening. Yeah. And that's why we have trains blowing up. Because, you know, the person whose fault it probably actually is doesn't get any of the blame. It's the person uh, on on whose watch it happens. So, like, you know, oh, oh, great. Michelle Wu's causing the traffic. Not really. But, you know, we, we need somebody to blame for everything. <laughs> and if Marty Walsh was still the mayor and all this was happening, I'd be screaming at him, too. But anyway... I do think it's interesting that they, uh, oh, hello, Tobes. Ah, <laughs> uh, such a sweet boy. They're on the news talking about all the traffic stuff that's going to happen and is already. And that's the other thing. If they're talking about it in the future tense, like, uh, there's about to be a lot of construction. <laughs> If there's about to be a lot of construction, what is this? This is a lot of fun. You know, having like every major artery in and out of the city blocked off after, I don't know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever it is. That's, that's, that's pretty significant uh, construction already. Anyway, uh, the basketball game itself was great. We This was, uh, you know, a lot of times just because of work or whatever reason i can't it's not easy to just like get to stuff on time in boston unless it's a concert that starts at you know eight o'clock and the main act doesn't come on until nine 
then that's pretty easy to get to. I'm, we've never been late for a concert, um, but uh, but the ball games sometimes, and also because I don't really I don't care if I don't see every second of every game. Uh, you know, we missed the whole first period of the Bruins game, and the Bruins, all the goals that were scored were in the second and third period, so that worked out well. And uh, anyway, um, so, but this one, I really wanted to be there, like, extra, or, like, as soon as we possibly could, as, as close to doors open as we could get. So we left, I think, 4.15, 4.30, something like that. Got to the arena, I don't know, pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty much right. I think doors open at 6.30, and we got there, yeah, got there around that time, I guess. Maybe they open at 6, I don't know, somewhere between 6 and 6.30 we got there. And then they started doing stuff around 7, maybe, yeah, maybe right around 7. And I don't know if this stuff was on TV. This was, you know, this was, of course, broadcast on TNT. And I don't know what aired on TNT or what didn't. I don't know if it's any of it aired locally on the, you know, on the uh, NBC Sports Boston or anything like that. Um, but they had this great tribute to Bill Russell, and uh, they had uh, Aloe Black did a song. Uh, you know, they had, uh, you know. Video packages and, and and the whole thing. Uh, they had uh, Jalen Brown uh, got on the mic for a, a minute or so and said, you know, had a nice little speech, eulogy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so that was good. And then they had uh, they had this poet in oh man, what what was what was her name? Uh, let's see, Portia. Ole Wola. I, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, they had uh, Bill Russell's, uh, his widow, Janine, was there. That was an emotional moment they showed. This was in the middle of the game at some point. Uh, you know, she got a standing ovation. She was on the on the big screen and, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of cheers, a lot of applause, and she was... Of course, very, very, very emotional. Uh, it was an emotional night. It was like I didn't expect. Oh yeah, and his daughter Karen were were there as well as Russell's longtime teammate, eighty-three year old Satch Sanders. This won't be the last Russell tribute of the twenty twenty-two twenty-three season. The NBA has taken number six out of circulation forever. Russell's number is stenciled into the lanes at both ends of the parquet. Uh, blah, 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 what else? Yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah, the Celtics, this is, what is this? The Boston Sports Business Journal. Celtics honored boss franchise icon Bill Russell before their season opening home win over the 76ers. Celtics guard Jalen Brown took the microphone on the TD Garden floor moments before the game, and his speech highlighted a powerful tribute to the late basketball Hall of Famer who died on July 31st. The tribute also included a touching poem by Boston's Poet Laureate Portia Olewola and a strong performance by singer-songwriter Aloe Black. I got to admit, I didn't love the... I like Aloe Black. I didn't love the song, but, but it was still very emotional. 
Russell will be honored throughout the season in both Boston and throughout the NBA. The Celtics showed tribute videos of Russell throughout the night as they donned their Russell-inspired uniforms, which they're, they'll wear 10 more times this season. Uh, and then, blah, 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 blah. yeah. So it was really nice. And then, uh, as, as you know, we had a little, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? What the fuck do you call like a free free shit swag shit that they fucking give you? God damn my fucking vocabulary. Lay off the taffy, maybe I don't know. Uh, a nice commemorative um, limited edition commemorative ticket. Celtics number six opening night October eighteenth, twenty twenty two. Boston Celtics versus Philadelphia Seventy Sixers TD Garden Boston. Nineteen thousand seven hundred thirty three of twenty thousand. Hey, that's good. Only 20,000 of these, and we have three of them. But they were cool, you know, a nice lanyard with the commemorative ticket on it. I thought that was cool. You know, I think that's cool because you don't have tickets anymore. Like, do you, when was the last time? Can you remember the last time you physically had a ticket for anything in your hands? Like, even a digital ticket that you might have printed out. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I think sometimes I bring, I used to bring paper tickets like just in case, <laughs> like way back to a concert or to, I would just, oh, well, but make sure. Uh, and before like Apple wallet and stuff like that, I guess I would bring a printout, but I don't even, I mean, it, at least a decade, right? I don't even know. I'm trying to think of, uh, but, but, but what I'm saying is like an actual, t- when I s- even, even a printout, you know, the last decade, it's, it's entirely all my tickets are on my phone. It's all digital. That's it. And then they scan it with the little thing and then that's it. But even before that, they still had scanners for, you know, I would get, you know, the flip phone days where there was no smartphone and you do the whole thing online, whether it was through StubHub or whatever. Uh, or the, you know, Southwest Airlines. Mm. I, uh, man, you know, even if you print, printed your tickets at home, that's still not, not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like a ticket that's printed either at a box office or at an airport or, you know, something that's printed a little rectangular thing. You know, it's kind of like, wow, you know, like my kids are not, they're not going to know that. I mean, they're also not going to know the stress of uh, leaving the house and saying, did you bring the tickets? Do you have the tickets? Because if you don't have the tickets, guess what? You're not getting in. Um, in this case, I just need to make sure I have my phone, which is never not on me. So yeah, no problem. But so it was kind of cool to get these lanyards and the little uh, laminated uh, thing sleeve to put them in and, uh, yeah, to have some they're commemorative tickets, but still, it's the closest thing to like having a ticket because that was you know that was nice too. Sometimes you would have a ticket. Sometimes it would just be like you know Ticketmaster and it's a little printout. But sometimes you know the tickets, like the official tickets, would be uh, I don't know a picture of a basketball of <laughs> an NBA logo. You know stuff. You know kind of kind of neat. And that that's not a thing anymore. That hasn't been a thing for a while. So this is the closest thing to getting a physical ticket, I guess, that that uh, my kids will ever have. Uh, let me play you, though, this uh, Porsche Oleola. Oleola. 
I, you know, when they, you know, here's the poet, uh, Boston's poet laureate. I'm like, well, that's neat. But I also was like, you know, I'm ready to, I'm ready to see some basketball. Not insensitively. I wanted to have the nice tribute for Bill Russell. But whenever I hear, sometimes poetry can be very moving to me. And other times it's just like, uh, I don't know, this isn't doing it. Uh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I have no, I'm not at all ashamed to admit that I'm sitting there like sniffling and wiping tears from my eyes as this poem was so fucking good and she delivered it so amazingly well. I mean, it was just ugh, fucking awesome. It really, really was. And let's see. I'm going to play it because I recorded the whole the whole thing. Uh, hopefully you will get something out of it. I encourage you not to skip ahead. But here's, yeah, here's Portia Olewola, Boston's Poet Laureate, uh, doing a, a tribute to Bill Russell. And it's a, f- I, I'm, I, it was, I thought it was so moving. I was really like fighting with every ounce of strength that I had to like, not, not that I was going to sit there and start blubbering, but it was like, I couldn't believe, and I'm talking to the kids afterwards too, and they were like, yeah, they were like, I don't know who Bill Russell is. I'm like, yeah, we've heard of him. We know that he played for the Celtics. He's a legendary NBA player. I'm like, we don't, we don't know him. I don't really know him that. I mean, he's certainly well before my time too, but like, at least I knew him and, uh, you know, interviews with him and, and other things that they, you know, my kids had no idea who he was. And they both said afterwards that they got really emotional listening to this. Anyway, here's the poet laureate, Portia Olaywola, uh, doing uh, the tribute to Bill uh, Russell. And uh, here, listen. Black life is about the Shot blocking. He body anybody 
There you go. Hopefully you, that came out okay. You could hear it, but oh my gosh. I'm getting emotional. Listen to it again. I don't know. And it's like, <laughs> it's so frustrating because, you know, you turn on, uh, you know, yesterday I wanted to see. And of course, I let the kids stay home yesterday because we got home so late. And they know that anytime we have a weeknight thing, which is not often, but sometimes there are weeknight things that we're just like we're gonna go to this and then you get to stay home from school tomorrow not many like i said but but uh this was one and i would not otherwise i have never been to an nba game on a tuesday that i can think of um when we lived in charlotte we go to hornets games uh like on a wednesday or a thursday or even a monday i think i don't i just don't think they really had a lot of home games on tuesday but nevertheless uh but a, uh, my kid, my kids weren't in school, so it was not that big of a deal. And B, it was <laughs> it was much easier to get to those games and get home from those games, uh, and much less expensive too. But uh, yeah, the the Boston thing is tough because man, you know, if we could hop on the T and uh, and be home in twenty minutes, uh, that's one thing. But you know. You, I could either park in the garage and wait, or I could wait and hope that the game ends before the next train, commuter rail comes. There's just, you know, it's still very convenient, all things considered, but it's not very convenient. Convenient. Uh, but this this was a rare thing. Like, yeah, back in the Charlotte days, we'd and we'd get home by you know, maybe 11 o'clock, and I'd put the kiddo to bed, and I'd go to bed, and... You know, that's 10 years ago. In my early 30s, I was still, you know, drinking drinking late on a Sunday, staying up late every night, having having wine, watching TV, getting to bed whenever, getting up at 6.30, not really thinking twice about it. Uh, not good ideas, but still, that's, I, that's something that's incredibly difficult. <laughs> Ooh, I guess the cat's had enough of me petting him. Yikes. He's a biter sometimes. He's a biter, that one. Uh, but I get it. If I was lying there, if I was just lying there trying to rest and somebody just kept coming up and patting me on the head, scratching my neck, I'd be like, all right, all right, please, just leave me alone. And the cat can't say, hey, could you just leave me alone? So uh, biting is what he can do. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I would there there are not not a lot of occasions where I would say, "Hey, let's go. Let's go into Boston and watch a Tuesday night basketball game on a school night." Uh this is one of the few exceptions to that rule. So, and then the next game, we don't have a a game on the schedule until January that we're going to. So, hopefully uh hopefully Bron Bron's playing that night cuz that's that's why we're going to that one in January. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah, so so that was... Oh, I forgot what I was... <sighs> what else is fucking new? What else is fucking new that I can't... Uh, you know, I'm talking about something and then... Phew, it just escapes my head. But the reason, uh, you know, this isn't like a usual time because I have uh, the normal 8 million thoughts and things running through my head that I need to be focused on. And now it's, you know, at a 
add another eight million on top of that, and that's oh yeah. The whole point of mentioning the weekend, I let the kids stay home on Wednesday, and I thought maybe it'd be cool to see uh, you know the local Boston sports talking heads talking about the game, and of course. <laughs> It's Bill Russell Tribune. It's the opener. Uh, you know, the team, the fucking Celtics team that was in the fucking finals. <laughs> and was, was uh, I think at one point, weren't they like two, two and one? Two to one uh, in the series against Golden State, then two to two. I don't remember, but they lost, obviously. But, but they were in the, fu- that's a good fucking team. That was just in the finals a few months ago. And all the Boston on a Wednesday. You know, if opening night was like a Sunday, I get it. You're competing against football. This is fucking Tuesday. There's no football to talk. Wednesday's the middle of the week. Well, what football? And every fucking asshole is leading off their show talking about the goddamn Patriots. Can we take five seconds to not talk about the fucking Patriots? Just like one day of the fucking year, which is like when there's stuff to talk about the Celtics. You cocks. And then Felger and Maz, the fucking you know, the Mensa boys. Now they're actually they're a pretty pretty smart group, but goddamn, all they could talk about was the whole fucking game, and the only thing that they could talk about was Joel Embiid and the little scuffle with Marcus Smart. And by the way, <laughs> these two assholes, Felger and Maserati, uh. I put them on in the middle of the afternoon. So I'm like, hey, maybe they'll, uh, you know, they'll probably show some good clips of the basketball game, have some interesting takes. And blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's all they talked about. And I, look, I didn't watch the whole. I don't listen to the whole fucking four hours of their show. That's not a, that ain't happening. But I watched a little of it, and all they could talk about was the the scrum, if you will. Uh, which is, if you didn't see it, uh, you know, Marcus Smart, you know, found himself, you know, with his arm caught underneath jo- Joel Embiid's arm as he was trying to get the basketball away. And Embiid sort of, like, turned around. And, I mean, he really – we could – we were looking right down. It was on our side of the court. And I said, holy shit. He, he's going to, like, rip his arm off the way he fucking jerked around. And, and Marcus Smart hits the floor. And he looked like he hit his head pretty hard. You know, yeah, I know. They're flopping. They're flopping. And by the way, Felger and Maserati, all they could talk about was Marcus Smart flopping. It's like, hey, did you guys watch the Did you see fucking James Harden, that asshole? He goes, I mean, are you kidding me? Al Horford, like, breathes on a guy the wrong way, and he gets fouled. Left and right, Horford's getting fouled. Marcus Smart got two fouls after Joel, M- Joel Embiid uh, rips his arm off and, you know, yanks him to the – elbows him to the ground and his head hits the thing. And then and then Marcus Smart, like, not so smart because he grabbed, he grabbed Embiid's leg. And then Embiid does – I mean, you want to talk about somebody flopping. If any of those two were flopping during this whole thing, it was Marcus Smart, like, touching Joel Embiid's leg – and then Embiid just like collapsing to the floor, and then of course everybody runs out, and it's a little, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really a, a silly looking. I wouldn't even say scuffle. I don't, I don't even know what you would call it. <laughs> it's not a conference. I don't know what it was. It was it was a whole lot of nothing. 
And, of course, that's all that the Boston sports guys are, were talking about yesterday. And Felger and Maz talking about, you know, how Marcus Smart's such an asshole and all this stuff. And they played the press conference with Marcus Smart talking about, like, you know, and he's like, I thought he was going to break my arm. And they're laughing, like, oh, yeah, he's going to break your arm. And I'm like, did you watch the clip? Because I was there looking right at it. And my kid, we were all, everybody was like, what the fuck? And then to hear that Marcus, hey, look, for grabbing the foot like that, that he did, there was no reason that that was stupid. That was idiotic. Yeah, you get a foul for that. Okay, great. <laughs> Fucking MB doesn't get any, like, that's just, it's insane. And for the Boston, and that's why people hate uh, Felger and Maz because they're just so, <laughs> they're Boston sports guys who are so anti, they're so anti-Boston, <laughs> which is why I like them. I like when they're, you know, shitting on the Red Sox or shitting on any of the teams. Uh, you know, I, I certainly prefer Felger to Maserati, I, you know, because he said Maserati's got this voice. He sounds like this. And it's fucking annoying. Uh, and so naturally he's you know on Red Sox home broadcast. So you get to hear him even more. But anyway, uh, yeah, I just thought, wow, everything that happened. <laughs> A nice big win, and yes, they talked about the win, and they talked about, uh, you know, that this is a, certainly going to be a team to be reckoned with yet again, uh, which I believe that to be factual. I think uh, they're going to give a lot of teams a lot of hard times, and and even, I don't know if it was them or somebody else speculating or saying, you know, it looked like uh, that as good as their defense, uh, Celtics' defense was that they were that they were holding off and that they're going to do that a lot because they're not going to they're not going to go full throttle on the defense. They're going to focus more on the offense because obviously the what was it like 126 to 117 was the score. Uh no no shortage of <laughs> no shortage of uh, of buckets on Tuesday. But uh I, you know, I was like, "Wait, there's a whole hell of a lot else you can talk about. And there, you know, the nice moments, the Bill Russell stuff, it's like, yeah. But I get it. That's not that's not juicy, like a like a scuffle. Anytime. Hey, look at me. What am I talking about? The fucking scuffle. Uh the game was so good, man. And you know what's so awesome is I have been taking my soon to be 13 year I'm gonna say 12 year old, because I only have <sighs> I have uh I have nine more days that I can refer to this person as a as a twelve year old. So I'll say my twelve year old um, has been going to basketball games for ten years. They were they were two. No, that can't be right. They were three. They were three. Um, so yeah, it is almost. I mean, this this March, I think maybe. Because 2013 was the first Bobcats game we went to. My good buddy Albert gave us his his season tickets that night because they were playing the Orlando Magic, who stunk, and the Bobcats stunk. And and, uh, my buddy Albert was like, yeah, I'm not going. I'm like, yeah. And I just – I said, hey, uh, you know – I gotta. I think maybe I'll go because I'm gonna try and find some tickets. And he's like, comes up to me the next day. He's like, yeah, I got some tickets for you. Was just so sweet. great guy. Just a fucking great guy. Anyway, and it's always I, I I love finding somebody to talk basketball at work, which I don't know shit about basketball. I can't 
I can't intelligently talk about basketball, but yet I love to talk about it. I love to watch it. I love the NBA. I love I, I love basketball. I suck at it. Um, I don't understand any of it as as far as like if you put me on like you know there's these guys who can go out and play like a pickup game and they know I I, I would just I would be such an embarrassment. It's just one of those things. Like I love sports as a spectator, as somebody with any knowledge or any ability to talk intelligently about them. No, for, as you can as you can plainly hear, I, I, I'm not that guy. Um, but I I I love finding <laughs> I love finding some guys at work. And, and Albert was my guy uh, in Charlotte to talk talk basketball. And uh, I just enjoy – a lot of times I would just enjoy listening to listening to him talk about it intelligently. And now there's this guy, Rex, who I work with. Uh, he's over in IT, and I've known him for about a year because he was the one who set me up on my laptop last year when I, when I first started on this assignment. And uh, I don't know that we talked basketball then, but in, you know, over the course of the last few months, he's telling me – I think I've mentioned this – he's just casually talking about like – golfing with somebody and and it sounded like he said kg but i'm like well that's i don't know who he's talking about because the only kg i know is is kevin garnett and i don't think that's who he's talking about and then he's like yeah he's so tall it's hard to get his uh his golf clubs are almost as tall and blah 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 i'm like wait who are you talking about are you talking about when you say kg he's like yeah he's like kevin garnett and i'm like he's he's your golfing buddy (laughs) Yeah, he's like I, he's like I coached a lot of these kids. I'm like, what? Where you? Co-? He's like, yeah, you know, and I coached uh, Shaq's son, and uh, coached this. One, and he's talking about all these people. And then he, uh, what you do? He's, he's got like some camp or some. I don't even know that people come to, and he's he's just like a he's a basketball guy. So I love talking to love talking to Rex about. Uh, I love shooting the shit about shooting hoops. <laughs> anyway, and I didn't, I was too tired. I was going to, Rex is in the office on Wednesday. I was going to go to the office and then talk to him about the game. And then rub it in that I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I'd rub it in that I was there and he would be, he'd probably uh, counter with like, yeah, me too. I was in the, I was in the locker room, uh, you know, helping the, helping the fellas get warmed up, giving them some last minute coaching. I, I, something like that probably but anyway uh yeah so it's been it's been 10 years that i almost that i've been taking this kid to basketball games and my youngest <laughs> we were in the first quarter and my youngest said how much longer until this game is over and i said uh, uh, it's gonna be a little while yeah we, we get comfortable you got your m&ms Get a bucket of chicken. What, what? 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 What's the problem here? You got your phone? Yeah, great. Okay, go. You know, watch YouTube. Um, I don't care. I just like spending time with you, even if you <laughs> are not at all interested. But uh, and then she would yell at me through, throughout throughout the night if I would, uh, you know, yell yell some inappropriate uh, four letter words. Even if the whole crowd was yelling the same thing, but anyway, <laughs> uh, my youngest turned to me at some point during the first half and said, "said uh, I like going to hockey games." I'm like, "Okay," 
And she was like, if you go to another hockey game, I want to go. But I don't, uh, you don't need to take me to any more basketball games. I'm like, all right, all right. But my oldest, who I've been going, taking to basketball games for a decade, this little tot was three years old. We went to our first game and they spilled popcorn all over the place. And it was so nice because the nice lady next to my kid said, oh, it's okay. It's like, that's. People, somebody's after this game is over. Don't you worry. Somebody's going to clean that up. You don't need to worry about it. And I, I was just very nice because my poor child, you know, being three and spilling the popcorn. I mean, was more upset that they spilled popcorn than like who's going to clean it up. But was also like, you know, was like, oh no, I spilled popcorn. I'm like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, but anyways, but uh, we've been going to these basketball games since 2013, and. uh and this child was so amped up during the entire game, cheering for the good stuff, booing the bad stuff, yelling at the referees when they made a bullshit call. Even when I took, <laughs> even when I took my youngest to the bathroom in the middle of the, I don't even know, <sighs> some somewhere in the second quarter, maybe I don't know. But anyways, I came back because <laughs> I could hear booing. Uh, when I was out in the concourse area waiting waiting for the kiddo to come out of the bathroom and I could hear cheering and then I could hear booing and he was like, oh, we're missing things. And uh, and I came back and my oldest was was still, the, you know, waited for us at the, stayed in the, the seat and said, oh my God, I was just, I was screaming. That's fucking bullshit. Fuck you. Fuck them. Like, <laughs> you were yelling all those things. Jesus. Uh, and I'm like, what happened? Like, oh, it was a bullshit call. They keep... They keep calling a foul, you know, all this stuff. And it's just like, wow, this kid, this kid is so excited to go to these games. And it used to be the excitement was maybe more around getting a big bucket of popcorn or some nachos or a lemonade or something like that. And that's a, that's a nice fun part. Cause yeah, we got a big bucket of chicken and French fries and, uh, and some honey mustard and we got some, can- you know, I got M&M's for one and nachos for- and popcorn and root beer and all fun stuff. And that is a fun part of it. But the but the, the 12-year-old is legitimately into this game of basketball and loves to see it live and gets so, I mean, as worked up and maybe more worked up than I get. As I gradually, over the last seven years, I woke up and realized like, hey, I, mean, I guess I'm kind of like a... I guess I'm kind of like a Celtics fan or something. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, you want that's what's on TV. I'm still a Hornets fan, but it's also like, boy, been watching you guys for ten years, and you still suck. And uh, meanwhile, this the Celtics team, they had some so-so years, but you know, sometimes they're pretty fucking good, and then they get into the playoffs. Just getting into the playoffs is something that nobody in charlotte knows about there was that one year uh i think it was the last year that they were the bobcats and they had big al jefferson and they had uh 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 what's the fucking guy's name josh mcroberts who looks like a seven foot tall charlie day uh and you know and they had kemba and uh, gerald henderson and uh, michael kidd gilchrist and bismarck biombo and uh, uh, all all those fuckers, 
and uh and they they made it into the i think they and then they got you know they the the miami heat with lebron and Dwayne wade uh <laughs> and chris bosh and all those guys wiped the floor with uh wiped the floor with the uh with the bobcats i believe that was maybe 20 the 2013 2014 season I was like, "Wow, they're pretty good. Ah, they're in the playoffs, cool." And then I, I maybe one other playoff they went to in the last ten years, maybe. So it's like, you know, I turn it on. I get league pass so I can watch the Hornets games, and you know, I like to see Nick games too, and that kind of. Thing. You know, it's just like I, I'll watch from time to time. I'll watch a Yankee game. I'm, I hate the Yankees, but it's like. You know, there's a familiarity. Anyway, ah, man, I put on, and I watched the Hornets game last night, and they fucking, who did they destroy? Was it San Antonio, I think, if I remember right? And that was nice. It was good to see, but it's like, there's, it's just, you know, I still love the Hornets. I will always root for the Hornets, but it's also, I've you know, going to these live games, and seeing the Celtics and, uh, you know, getting amped up and all that stuff. Look, I didn't give two shits about the Bobcats prior to going to that game. And then, like, <laughs> we were Bobcats fans slash Hornets fans back in 2013. Back in the day where they were giving away buy one, get one free of season passes, season tickets to the to the basketball games because the team was so t- – the Bobcats were so abysmally – bad they couldn't i mean you literally couldn't give away tickets and so they gave away tickets and they said if you buy if you buy season tickets to next year's uh season you know the 2012 2013 season uh you'll get the year after that you'll get two years for the price of one basically uh and that's how my i'm pretty sure that's how my buddy albert ended up with uh Ended up with a good, really good tickets, really good season passes. This is a guy who had uh, s- adult sons, single. In other words, money to burn on all kinds of fun stuff like season tickets to basketball games. So, uh, and then he had great seats. Anyway, um, but it's like that whole game on Tuesday, just sitting there. And my kid is just going crazy and then like turning and like, you know, doing the fake punching, like punching me, but like fake punching me because they're so excited. And then I turn and I'm like, we're like fake punching each other out of excitement and jumping up. And it's just like, this is so fucking great. And I, it's like, yeah, it's just great. That's when I start to get emotional, you know, it's just like, these are, uh, yeah. And then hopefully, yeah, long after I'm fucking out of here they'll uh they'll have lots of those memories and you know whatever uh all all good all good stuff but it was it was great it was a great game uh yeah despite the uh the horseshit <laughs> foul calls by the refs um yeah it was it was awesome and i love that t- i mean jason tatum is just oh man man oh man they, they've got something special with this fella um he's 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 got some skills he's i see why he's in the national basketball association he's quite it turns out he's quite good at basketball and and jalen brown and marcus smart 
and Horford. And then they have Blake Griffin. I wish I had the recording because Blake Griffin, that was awesome. He made his debut for the Celtics on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, they said, uh, no, uh, taking the court. <laughs> uh, number 13? I want to say it was his number 13. I can't remember. Blake Griffin. And the place erupted, which I thought was really cool. They gave him, and he actually acknowledged, like, he's standing, you know, he's going in. Uh, uh, and, 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 you know, he played for a few minutes and he's going in and he's like, you know, he did stop for a second and kind of, you know, a very, a small little bow or wave or something like, just kind of like, wow, thank you. That's really nice. And, uh, and so it's a, it's a, it's a cool team and nobody's even thinking about the stupid bullshit with the coach, uh, because we're on to the actual season now. So, you know, whatever that'll play out as it plays out, but hey, man, the C's keep winning. That's all anybody cares about, and they they're they're undefeated as of right now. <laughs> so that's so that's fun. But God damn it, would you, yeah, Zolak and Bertrand, Bertrand. I always I always call it Zolak and Bertram. His name's Bertrand. I still don't even know which one's Bertrand. Is the big fat guy Bertrand? I don't even know. I know Zolak's the very New England looking fellow with the sunglasses. He looks like. <laughs> He looks like Coach McGurk from Home Movies. <laughs> before, long before there was Bob's Burgers, there was Home Movies. Anyway, um, yeah, what are they talking about? Patriots. It's just, I mean, football is king, right? It's like you got to talk about the stuff that pe- turn on any sports thing. Are any of them talking about hockey? No, because as popular as hockey is, it's not even close. To the other sports, you 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 don't even in Boston. They're not nobody's talking about the Bruins and everybody. The Bruins are like selling out. They're, but you know, obviously, if you want ratings and you want listeners, eh, talking about the Bruins, eh, it's not not the way to do it. Talking about hockey is not. It's just not. Um, and I enjoy hockey. I just can't. I just can't see the goddamn puck. Even on TV, live in person, it's very hard. I find it very difficult. And so it just it just looks like a mess to me. But I enjoy it. And I've, you know, a good hockey game I can appreciate and I know I know when I'm watching a good hockey game and it's back and forth and everything. Anyway, uh I should probably run. Yeah. Oh god damn it. Yeah. Holy shit, I'm realizing I've got <laughs> – I forgot I'm leaving work around 2 o'clock so that we can go on this train ride up in the mountains. And then tomorrow I get to get up nice and early to go to the dentist. By the way, I have this toothbrush. Eh, that's, that's fun. Going right from the Celtics basketball to tooth tooth care, tooth cleaning. Because uh, I've, I've had this electric toothbrush for several years. Our dentist – our dentist didn't even recommend it. They just gave us the toothbrush, and then the bill came for the toothbrush, along with you know the the the, the whole all the dental stuff, and uh, and it's a fine toothbrush. It's an Oral B. The one that he gave us is it's okay. It's fine, and you know it's an electric toothbrush, so it's no matter what, it's better than using the regular. Um. And after a while, I, I kind of 
got to a place where I said, I don't, I don't know that I love this toothbrush anymore. I don't feel I, I don't feel like my teeth are as clean as they should be with an electric toothbrush. So I found an electric toothbrush, and and no, this is not. Uh, <laughs> this is still. I'm not getting paid anything by anybody when I talk about shit that I like. Nobody's. Uh, this is you know twenty people listen to this, so nobody's nobody's advertising on this show. But man, this fucking toothbrush I got. Uh, it's when I brush my teeth because it's one of those ones. It's a toothbrush has you know has Bluetooth and it has uh, lights that tell you when you're not applying enough pressure or too much pressure. It's you know if uh, you, you you set your default light like just kind of the neutral and you could pick from all the colors. And I think I chose orange because I knew my wife wouldn't choose orange. She's not a huge fan of orange. So I knew, okay, this is an easy way to keep our toothbrushes straight in, in case anybody ever has any question. Just just start the toothbrush, and if it turns orange, it's mine. So there's a, there's a ring that lights up, and, and if, it'll just be orange if you're just you know not applying too much or too little pressure. Uh, or if you're applying too little pressure, I should say, it'll be orange. If you're too much pressure, it turns red. And if it's just the right amount of pressure, it's green. And, uh, you know, it takes some getting used to for a couple of weeks and now I'm used to it. And there's also an app and you download the app and it, you know, it sets the two minute timer and you can go longer and then it gives you a score after you're done and it shows you a map of your teeth. I mean, not your actual teeth. It's just a, you know, it's a drawing of teeth, but it gives you an idea. Hey, you missed this one. You got that one. You didn't do this one. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. And it gives you a score. And my first scores were very low because I was brushing the way that I had previously been brushing and clearly not as thoroughly as I had hoped. And I floss every day. Uh, but, you know, it's still, you know, going to the dentist is the way to get like really squeaky clean teeth. But I'll tell you, man. And and watching this is almost like playing a game. Like, okay, my my early scores were in the in the in the sixties, and I had like a seventy percent coverage or sixty percent coverage, and uh, too much pressure and too little pressure. And I want, and then uh, and now here we are a week or two later. And last night I got a hundred percent coverage, which means I brushed every single inch of my teeth because there's those really hard to reach places that we just, you know. They are hard to reach, and it's hard to brush there. And I was getting frustrated because no matter what, I couldn't – it was still telling me that I'm missing places. And I'm saying, no, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And then I realized, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going back far enough. Anyway, so, yeah, it's it's kind of fun to turn on the app and try to get my complete coverage and get get the highest score. I think 97 is my highest score. Uh, and, the you know – the only way the way to get a 100 is you have to get 100% tooth coverage within the 2 minutes not even for a millisecond apply too much pressure so you have to apply the right amount of pressure cover every all tooth surfaces and do it all in 2 minutes and that's how you get 100 i can't do it within 2 minutes uh i can do it within 3 minutes <laughs> And then I dribble toothpaste on myself because that's entirely too long to be brushing. But, um, but I want the 100% coverage. 
And so I was very happy last night in about two, two minutes and 40 seconds. I got covered everything. And by golly, I'll tell you what, when I'm done brushing, I put that toothbrush down and, you know, run my, my tongue along my teeth. And it's so, it's, it's the closest thing that I've ever felt to like that coming out of the, you know, when you come out of the dentist and your teeth are as clean as they're going to be until the next trip to the dentist and they just feel so shiny and smooth and clean and there's not a there's not a crumb there's not anything um you know everything's 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 just perfect that's what it feels like after i brush my teeth with this goddamn thing it feels great it really does and it doesn't it doesn't hurt or anything there's just it's just really uh yeah it's a, and it's a different you know the previous toothbrush the things just spinning around and you just kind of brush and that's that this one has a very specific it's still circular but it has a very specific uh, vibration and it really you can tell that it's really getting in there and that's uh eh, that's my story about my toothbrush <laughs> it's the what is it i don't even know what it's called it's oral b i o io9 whatever all good all right i'd really have to run i don't know when i'm gonna post this because i realize i have to do a bunch of stuff and uh i got a work meeting uh, i've got 90 minutes worth of work meetings coming up very soon and then i have to be out of here at two uh oh god anyways all right uh we'll talk to you sorry to cut it short but uh, we will talk to you very very soon right here on the birthday boy podcast thanks for listening we'll talk to you next time later gators oh hello toby toby also says later gators